Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris are here with you for another week. Chris, my man, how are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. I'm glad that we're finally getting to talk about uh, one of my favorite bands, uh, Voyager. So, that's... yeah, it's it's uh, it was a great choice. I have to say, um, I knew it was a matter of time. A um, lot of lot of before we get there, though, a lot of good feedback from our Prog Power uh, special episode. So I'm I'm very happy that uh, some of you out there enjoyed that. I'm sure we'll do some more special episodes like that in the future. But I am also happy to get back to talking about the music itself and just kind of uh, going deep into a single album. But uh, again, a couple of new things that came out this week that I thought were worth noting because uh, one cover, which I was blown away by, believe it or not, was Sorcerer, uh, the the Swedish doom metal band, covered Rainbow's Gates of Babylon, which I feel like is a song that has been covered 10,000 times, but everyone seems to put their own little twist on it. And Sorcerer was no different. Their doom metal sound really just made this song pop um, in a way that I had never heard before. It's one of my favorite songs, but I thought their rendition was just fantastic. So definitely worth checking out and something that I can post this week. Uh, another band, which I haven't heard music from in probably over a decade, was Insania, another Swedish band. They came out with a new single, and I'm going to absolutely butcher the name of the song. Happens to, I believe, also be the name of the album, which is Preparatus Supervive. I'm not pronouncing it right, but uh, it was cool to see these guys again. I haven't heard music from them in a long time, like I mentioned. And then going in a completely different direction... The new Hypocrisy single, a band that I believe hasn't released new music in about eight years for for the people that enjoy the death metal, and this one is really bordering on uh, melodic death metal. The song is called Chemical Whore, probably not the best album title or best song title, but the song was awesome, and I definitely recommend people check them out if you're into the heavier stuff. What did you hear this week? Oh, uh, a lot. It was a busy week. Um, First of all... um, the band uh, Sirius Black um, released a new single called The Story from their upcoming album uh, Vengeance is Mine, which I think is coming out early next year. And uh, it debuts their new vocalist, uh, Nicola Mijic, who um, has also done vocals with uh, his band Elogia and um, also is uh, the band Eden's Curse, which had disbanded a few years ago have now gotten back together and he's back as their vocalist and i really enjoy his vocals so it's kind of cool to to hear that he's taken on the uh the vocals for serious black i think that they're due for um i guess like a rebound album since the last one wasn't their best in my opinion so um that's that's uh something to look forward to um i also um, I, I'm sure you probably heard it, but um, the, uh, there's this Metallica Blacklist tribute album that is like this, all these c- different covers of Metallica songs. Um, I mean, multiple versions of the same song by different bands, but um, the one that caught my attention was Ghost's cover of Enter Sandman. Did you have a chance to hear that? I did. Um, I, I haven't heard all of the covers on the album, but that one kind of piqued my interest just because of the nature of the song and the nature of the band. It's something I'll, I'll say it is really, really remarkable the job they do. And I'm not a huge ghost fan, although I did like their latest album quite a bit, but uh, excellent job with the cover. It was just something a little different. Yeah. I liked how it kind of started out. Like it was going to be really kind of like low key and mellow. And then it just kind of jumps into that kind of uh 
kind of signature ghost sound. So um, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, additionally, uh, one of my favorite bands, Majestica, who uh, was formerly known as Rainseed and is headed up by uh, guitarist and vocalist Tommy Johansson, who was also in Sabaton. Um, they released a new single called Metal United, which, you know, uh, if you're a fan of Majestica, I think you'll enjoy this quite a bit. And um, I think we did mention the Be- the new Beast in Black single last week, but I'm definitely looking forward to that album. Um, I mean, they've only had two albums so far, but they're like one of my favorite bands just based on those two albums. So uh, something else to look forward to. And, and as far as new albums, um, just recently... Uh, um, a band that we um, talked to on the podcast, uh, Seven Spires. Um, I may have mentioned this last week. I'll mention it again because it's worth mentioning. Their new album, Gods of Debauchery, is out in full force. Um, they released, I think, five or six singles in, in advance of the album. So um, I haven't gotten a chance to listen to the whole thing. I'm looking forward to that. And uh, one other thing I did want to mention is Charlotte Wessels, who's the former lead singer of Delane. Uh, she released her first solo album, Tales from Six Feet Under. And um, I think she had been releasing these songs through her Patreon, but now you can um, get the entire album. Um, and uh, yeah, I haven't listened to that yet, but um, the song Soft Revolution, which I think I'd mentioned on a previous episode, is a really fantastic song. And it sounds from the little that I've heard that the songs all kind of take on their own kind of genre, like summer kind of indie rock and summer metal. There's a song with um, Elisa White Gloves from uh, Arch Enemy that she does with. So um, I think there's a lot of stuff on here that that's a little bit, you know, a taste, different taste for everybody. So um, just a few things that, that kind of came across uh, my desk this week and uh, stuff I look forward to to hearing more of. I think as we get deeper into the fall, more and more stuff seems to come out. I feel like there's often a summer lull, if you will. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here. I'll, I'll just go back to the Seven Spires album. I had a chance to listen to it a couple of times um, this week, really yesterday and, and, and um, the day before. And it was really, really, really well done. I think the singles are certainly representative of the album, but they do a really good job. And they, you can see the evolution there. And the Charlotte Wessels album is interesting. It's... Um, if you're looking for that old classic Delane sound, you're not going to get it. But her vocals are so good that it's almost doesn't matter. It kind of reminds me of a lot of the Anake material. I, I don't know if you, you you're going to find the same thing, but it's really really interesting. So it's it's worth it's definitely worth a listen. Um, like I said, just lots of new music and lots of stuff to look forward to. But I guess we'll jump into the reason why we're here, which is Voyager's Universe, which is their second full length release. It came back, uh, it came out back in 2007. I can't believe it's been 14 years already. Um, how did you first hear the band and why did you select this particular album? Um, I think you brought this band to my attention, if memory serves. And uh, I had listened to them a little bit, but then when I saw them live at, at Prague Power, um, that they made me a fan in in 60 minutes of performing i was i was hooked um there were a few songs that i was a big fan of and a couple of them came from this album so um the reason i chose it was because um first of all like i'd say at least three or four of my all-time favorite songs by this band are on this album um so and it's kind of the album that um i kind of connect with 
when I first became a fan. So I kind of hold it in a, a special place. Um, and, and something that I'm sure we'll discuss is that I just find Voyager very fascinating because I think that their albums all tend to have their own kind of feel to them. The, the band never really seems to make two albums in a row that sound similar, which I think is part of the, the appeal of the band and why they, they consider themselves if, you know, if they gave themselves a genre, they call themselves epic electro progressive pop power metal. So, you know, we'll cover all the, all the check boxes, but um, yeah, it's like a yeah. checklist. It's, it's, it's interesting. I completely agree with you. And I think that that's part of their charm as a band that no matter what release you pick up, it sounds very different and distinct from all the others, yet somehow maintaining that signature sound of theirs, if that makes sense. So I don't know how they do it, but they, they, they do it unlike anybody else. And I'll just tell you a funny story about how I first heard them. Their debut album came out in 2004, and I remember hearing the album, ironically enough, at Prague Power. I was my uh, The guy, my roommate, had picked up the disc um, from one of the vendors. I think Ken Golden had it over at um, uh, Laser's Edge, and he basically picks up the disc and was told, you have to hear this. So he buys the disc, and here we are with headphones and a CD player playing this track and playing this album in 2004 and I had never heard anything like it. It was one of the most unique albums I've ever heard. Um, and, and quite frankly, very, very different from the stuff that would come later on. But they, uh, they had me intrigued from that first moment. And I can't say it's my favorite album. Uh, I won't go that far, but I will say it was a really, really interesting, uh, debut and then when this album came out in 2007, I was completely and utterly hooked because I think I had heard the single for Sober, which was kind of like my four way. And I just could see the improvement in the songwriting and the production and everything. And I was absolutely hooked. Um, and, and, I, and I thought the rest of the album just kind of followed suit. It was uh, a pleasure to listen to. And obviously, we'll get into deep, deep details on it but the uh we'll go into the deep weeds yeah exactly exactly um the 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 next album which may have been their arguably the one that kind of put them on a lot of other people's map i am the revolution i thought was the most similar to this album in terms of style and then they would really kind of evolve from there and kind of take it into a real progressive direction which still maintains those pop elements but not quite like uh, like this like this album. I think this is probably their most accessible disc. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I'd say this and I am the revolution. Both, um, you know, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that too because um, I, I listened to the first three albums a couple of times this week, and I think that um, I think I am the revolution of the three is probably the most complete album. Where I, and then Universe might be the album that has my favorite songs on it. And um, an element five, the debut. I mean, it, it's a little bit uh, raw sounding, um, you know, production wise. But there's some really good tunes on there. I enjoy quite a bit, like uh, Monument and To the Morning Light, which they would, uh, you know, re-record late, years later, and is kind of a staple of their their live set. And uh, Kingdoms of Control is another one. There's just a lot of really cool tunes on here, um, and and really, I think you really get that kind of electric. Uh, the electro part um, co- like comes out a lot in in that first album, and, and that continues on in Universe, where you really, I mean, the lead singer uh, Danny Estrin also plays the guitar, and um, so there's a lot of you know keyboards um, 
and being that he's the the pr- the predominant songwriter, um, you know, you you get a lot of that. I mean, there's literally a piano on the in the album art. So yeah, it's it's interesting because when we're going, I mean, we're doing a dive into their second release. Um, only two of the band members that are currently in the band were on this album, and it's obviously Danny Estrin who who writes a lot of the music and and as you mentioned, the vocals and the keyboards, and Simone Dow who plays lead guitars on the album. But the rest of the musicians were different on this disc and even though they have a steady lineup that they've had for a number of albums now uh they weren't on this disc which is interesting but yet they still managed to touch a lot of this stuff live when they play because i think that as you mentioned i don't know if it's their most consistent release you know from top to bottom although i I would argue it might be um but certainly some of their best songs or at least my favorite songs are on this album and it was nice to go back because i find myself listening to a lot of the newer stuff just because it's a little harder to digest whereas this that i remember the second i heard it i was i was hooked you know the hooks were there and um it's a very 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 good release and and for a sophomore effort quite 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 amazing yeah, I like you mentioned, like the band went through a lot of personnel changes until, um, right after the Meaning of I, uh, which was their fourth album, um, you know, their drummer Ashley Dudecourt, uh, joined the band and the band has been, uh, the same since then. So I guess that was probably like late 2011. So it's been 10 years that the band has stayed together. But at this point in time, I mean, the, the original album, Element Five, Danny's the only, uh, remaining member of the band that was um, that was on that first album, um, him and Mark Baker and Adam Lovekiss were the uh, the founders of the band, and he was the only one who ended up remaining with it. And so Simone would join the band for to record Universe. Uh, their current bass player Alex Canyon joined the band shortly after Universe was released. Um, Scott Kay. <clears throat> who's their other guitar player nowadays. Uh, he joined the band, I want to say, a little bit after I Am The Revolution was released. And like I said, Ash joined the band uh, right after Meaning of I. As a matter of fact, um, I'm fairly certain that the first shows that they played supporting that album was when he joined the band. I don't know that their drummer, Mark uh, Bajan, at the time... Um, even played with the band uh, touring the album, even though he recorded the vocals. And Ash also did the uh, the, the cover art for that album as well. And I think that's kind of how he got in with the band. And I think he's done all of their cover art since then. So kind of a, a cool, uh, kind of a cool little thing. And also, um, I want to mention too, um, their their. Um, I don't want to know. I don't know if he's like their producer or their their, their sound guy. I guess. Um, I got to meet him at Prague Power and he's like the nicest dude. And it was funny because we actually discussed um, how even at that point in time, how underrated we thought um, Universe was as an album. And he was saying how it's his favorite one. And he's been their kind of their sound guy for from the beginning. So, I mean, he was a a good person to talk about the, uh, you know, entire discography of the band up until that time. And, um, his name's Aiden Barton and uh, super nice guy. I really enjoyed talking with him, but yeah, so he's kind of been there from the beginning as far as I know. Um, and we were, we were kind of reminiscing about those first two albums and how they don't get enough love from the fan base. And maybe the band doesn't play as many songs from those albums. Um, so yeah, that's just an interesting, uh, a little uh, thing there and, and just kind of a, a short little, uh, 
history of the of the band and how the current members came to be. But like you said, um, Danny and Simone were the only uh, current band members that recorded on this album. Yeah, it, it's funny. I I remember um, at one point they came to the states and when they were playing Prog Power, they actually had done like a fans pick the album that they were going to play in its entirety. Uh, and just to kind of put to set the stage for for our deep dive into the album, this was the album I chose that I, I kind of wanted them to hear this whole album. A because there was just certain songs that I love, but B because you know I, I never thought you'd get the chance to hear some of this material ever. Um, and we'll get into the songs, but songs like uh, you know a ballad like Falling, I just never thought I'd get to hear live uh, unless I got to see it in its entirety. And unfortunately, it didn't get chosen. Um, and I guess it would have been quite the undertaking for the band members that were not in the band at the time who didn't record the album. So maybe that's why it didn't get selected. But at the end of the day, uh, they did play I Am The Universe and it was phenomenal. I'm sorry, I Am The Revolution and it was phenomenal, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't my first choice. It was probably my second or third choice just because I was curious to hear some of this other older stuff, but let's get into it. I chose, I I chose this album too. Um, Oh, did you really? Yeah. And and almost everybody I spoke to that attended Prague power uh from like my inner circle all chose it as well so well maybe the fix is in i guess we'll have to talk to danny about that but <laughs> i digress for a minute um you know the, the album starts off with higher existence which i feel like if you hadn't heard the debut it's kind of like it shows their quirkiness right because it kind of starts off with what you can only describe as like an accordion <laughs> and and it kind of reminds me not Exactly, but it almost of like scenes from an Italian restaurant by Billy Joel, and then it goes right into the metal. Like it's 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 one of the proggiest, fastest, but catchiest tunes on the album. Um, and it and it really I think shows their versatility. Where you have black metal vocals to kick off the album, even though they're obviously not a black metal band, and this phenomenal, really fast bridge, and then obviously Danny, who sounds like nobody else in the genre, with the exception of the late Peter Steele. I mean, it's like all over the place, but somehow they make it work, and I think that that's like the brilliance behind this band. I always thought. I remember the first time I listened to this album, and I heard that little like organ intro, and I swear to God, I thought they were like a pirate band. Like I yeah, thought it. So- yeah. I thought it sounded like like uh, that kind of like thing you'd hear from like a pirate song. I, I don't know if I would compare it to like Ailstorm, but it is kind of like that style of, of synth, I guess um, that uh, the band doesn't really, I don't know that they ever really used it again after that, but it was just kind of a fun way to kick it off. And like you say, Billy Joel, I say <laughs> pirate metal, but whatever, like, <laughs> but it all works, right? Like somehow, somehow it all comes together and it seems to make sense, which is like, it should, it, it, let's put it this way. I always can, and, and I'm sure I'll be making this comparison a couple of times, but I hear Tears for Fears in Depeche Mode, and I hear Typo Negative, and I hear Emperor. How the hell is that supposed to all work together? And yet, here it is on one album. I mean, that that's always what Voyager has done so well, is taken so many different uh, just genres of music, and cl- clearly it's stuff that inspired them and, and that they were fans of, you know, when you say like, you know, that eighties new wave style, like I, I would be shocked to find out that Danny wasn't a big fan of like eighties new wave, you know, eighties pop music. Um, Cause it's, there's definitely that in there, but yeah, you're right. Like there's also typo negative and black metal and there's so many things going on. And it just, they managed to just tie it into this perfect little package of, and they make it catchy. Like you wouldn't expect to hear all those, those, 
things rolled into one and be like, yeah, it's probably interesting, but it's not catchy. No, it's it's really catchy as a well, matter. Well, that's of fact. that's the ama- that's the amazing thing. I mean, like Deep Weeds, the second track, maybe the catchiest chorus on the album, and it has elements of all these things that we've been talking about. Yet it's wrapped up in this like I don't know this tight four minute package where somehow it it's all there, but yet it's catchy. And the word I keep going back to is accessible. People who have never heard this band hear this stuff and they're like, wow, this is really good because I've actually played this for either strangers or people that are not into Prague or anything like that. And they hear this stuff and they're like, wow, this is really good. A little offbeat in certain places, but it's like stuff that you remember and like you remember the choruses when, when it comes to deep weeds, like it just makes me want to get up and dance. I mean, it's just that it's, it's, it's crazy. I, I can't explain it. And then all of a sudden towards the end of the song, uh, he, you know, that the repetitive bring me down part, it's literally listening to, to typo negative from 10 years prior to this album. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, what they do, they do so well and nobody else does it. I think that that's, you know, kind of putting a bow on it when, when you, when you just talk about what this band is. I, so this song will always reminds me of you and I'll tell you why. Um, when, when, I first started um, getting back into metal again in like, you know, 2010, 2011. I had asked you, I believe we had just gotten back from Prague Power in, in 2010. And I said to you, you know, would you be willing to make a playlist for me every month of, you know, just whatever you think is interesting, if, whether it be new or old or stuff that I might not be aware of, just to try to kind of open up my, my, uh, I guess my palate again and try to get into more stuff. And, and, and so this was the song you chose. Um, Cause every year, right before Prague power would happen, you would make a playlist of one song from every band that played. And this was the one you had chosen for Voyager in 2011. And I always remembered that. I thought it was an interesting choice um, considering that there was songs like, you know, uh, white shadow and pulse zero four and sober and cross the line. I thought it was interesting that you chose deep weeds. So I always think of you when I hear it. It's funny. I, I have a little note and I have, it says S O T W with a question mark because I was contemplating making this my song of the week. I don't remember putting this on that playlist and and a little peek behind the curtain. I still send you these playlists every month. So consistent, if nothing else, I've been doing this for a decade now. I can't believe that I had this as the the representative track because as I went back and listened to it, it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, But to me, the album really starts picking up a little bit later on because I think the middle section of this album might be the strongest section of the album. I am just a sucker though for this particular song. I won't make it my track of the week because I made it my track of the week 10 years ago, but it's close. <laughs> the um, the chorus is so catchy. It's so good. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, this is a really good song. I, I agree. Like the first two songs, I mean, Higher Existence is great. Deep Weeds is a little bit more of a, a kind of a mid-tempo song. And then I, this is like one of those songs that I think kind of got lost in the shuffle for me because I kind of forgot about it and and um it was one of my favorite songs going back and listening to this again this week i really really enjoyed this one and and it definitely rose up the ranks as far as my favorite voyager songs very quickly this week i'd forgotten how how good this one was i I did too i'll be honest with you i i I always loved it but i just haven't heard in a while so it was kind of a nice refresher uh they go into ever waiting next which is another kind of upbeat tune before things kind of take a 
turn, if you will. I always thought this track was a little bit repetitive, uh, but it's even though it's repetitive, it's so good that it almost didn't matter. And they have like these layered vocals uh, throughout part of it that reminds me of almost of a sabotage. It, it's another good song. I, I won't say it's my favorite, but it's 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 definitely a good track and worth worth hearing. Oh, I thought that's what we were talking about before. That's that's what I was. I oh, was I'm sorry. Talking, yeah, I was talking about ever waiting. That's okay. Uh, that that um yeah, this is a song I really um enjoyed. So I. I apologize if i wasn't clear on that yeah, no, no I, was, problem. I was talking about this song gotcha it's it's I, I i don't think i love it as much as i used to but it's definitely um uh, again a little bit repetitive but certainly accessible it's between the sheets where to me the album just kind of jumps and takes off for me i think it is a phenomenal i almost consider it an intro track to sober which would come and be the fifth track on the album it's a little bit of an interlude it's a short track definitely a typo negative influence track there's no question about that and to me it's really where everything starts to pick up before it goes into um again the the single from the album sober which all i can say is it's a simple track it's so catchy and it's just like i don't know perfectly accessible but still encapsulates the band sound would you call it a power ballad i would not i would say falling is their power ballad i think that this is really just a ballad Okay, yeah, I, I think that um, this is probably their most popular song from this album. Definitely, um, and I know it's been a, a it's been a staple of the of the live set over the years. I've, I think I've seen them play it um, every time I've seen them live, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's definitely uh, it's not my favorite song on the album, and I think it might have just been kind of overplayed for me, but um, it is a really good song. And um, I, um, at the time that I first heard it, the, just the lyrical content of it really uh, resonated with me because it's kind of like this. Um, it's to me, like it's about this kind of like one sided, uh, like romantic relationship where like the one person is, is way more into it than the other. Um and it's kind of like, almost like, um, you know, when we when when we go out partying and and I've been drinking, it's like, uh, you know, we 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 fool around or whatever, and then the next day I'm sober, and it's like I don't want anything to do with you, and you want to be in a relationship with me, and like it, it's this like disconnect between two people, and um, I was kind of in a situation like that around the time that I first heard this this song and this album, so lyrically the song really resonated with me. Not sure if that's what they were going for, but that's kind of what I took away from it. I, I took away the same thing. And I'll, I'll say this. I, I think it's something that everyone can certainly relate to at one time or another. Um, curious to see if the way we read it is the, is the way they intended it. But I think it's pretty, pretty clear just because, I mean, the, the, I think the lyrics do speak for themselves, but the melody and like, kind of like the, the broodingness of it goes along with it. I think it really, it, it really it, the contrast between the lyrics and the and just kind of the brooding nature of the song. I think they work very well together. Yeah, it's it, it, the emotion is very, I think, very raw in the song, and it really comes through. And, and uh, uh, yeah, this is a good one. Uh, not my favorite, um, mostly because like I, I'm really into the real like driving pop, more power power songs, which we'll get to. But um, uh, th- this again is like you said, it's another song where it doesn't sound like anything from 
the album up to this point. So, I mean, they're kind of just trying to hit all those, those notes and, and uh, it's just another great song on, on a, on a, on a very good album, very great album. And then obviously things pick up with cross the line. Yeah, this is, so this is the song I think that made me a, a fan of Voyager. And this was the song I was so hoping they were going to play the first time I saw them live. And to this day, I've never seen them play it live and, I don't even know if they ever have, in all honesty. Maybe when the album first came out. I love this song. It's um, it's actually in my iTunes library. It is the sixth most listened to song on my entire iTunes library. Oh, get out of here. Wow. Tied with, p- tied with Power Quest's Magic Never Dies. Um, that's how many times I... I um, repeated the song and it's also believe it or not it's only my second most listened to Voyager song it actually um, it comes in behind Seize the Day from The Meaning of I um, but yeah th- so I, that just goes to show you how much of a fan of this song I was this might have been the song you told me to listen to um, to get me into the band and I think you made the right call because um, I just Oh, like everything about it, it starts out with this just like very light tap of the cymbals on the drum and then the guitar comes in and, and then it just like explodes into this really just super melodic, powerful, like kick-ass, toe-tapping, head-banging tune. I, I would kill to hear them play the song live um, in my in my presence at some point. I just am such a huge fan I of am- the song completely with you i mentioned the chorus on deep weeds earlier on this song cross the line i'm going to talk about the verses themselves the verses themselves are so catchy and then towards the end it goes into this like waltz like instrumental section which is like it's almost like getting two songs in one but somehow it all again the blend of it works together um i'm gonna make it my song of the week that's how much i enjoyed listening to this song and i agree with you i would have killed to hear this song live I'm going to have to petition them and make it happen at some point because I feel like it's a gem that just either gets overlooked or for some reason they, they decide to play other songs instead. But I, I, I love this tune. I'll make it my song of the week. Good because I was um, stuck between this and, and another song we haven't spoken yet, so <laughs> I'll just go with the other one uh, when we get to it. But um, yeah, the, I love that. that like you said, uh, that waltzy kind of like with the piano. It, it almost made me think of like one of those um, one of those stages in like a Castlevania game where all of a sudden you get like this classical style like waltzy kind of song or just really just a 
kick-ass song start to finish and and i i i I don't blame you one bit for making this your song of the week that's a great choice i never made that connection but now that you mention it that section could be in symphony of the night and you would be like this fits perfectly when the guy's going into the library or something like that exactly i was just gonna say the library (laughs) it just makes perfect sense but I, i never put two and two together but you're absolutely right um and then it goes into this, I, I don't even know how to describe, to describe Pulse Zero Four. It's the heaviest song on the album. It starts with this like crazy guitar solo at the beginning. Amazing black metal vocals as background vocals on the album with a perfect chorus that you just want to sing along to. This is the best track live as far as I'm concerned. From the ones I've heard off this album, hearing this song live was freaking awesome. And I'll say this, before I got to see them with you in Atlanta... They had played New York as like a one-off show a couple of days prior. And it was a show I will never forget. Uh, I got to meet the guys. They were like the, 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 and Simone, obviously they just the nicest group of people you could ever meet. And they played that song. And I just remember like losing my mind that I was getting to hear Voyager play this song in New York City. They don't really play it as much anymore, but it's a phenomenal live track. What other song did they play that night? Happy birthday to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's a story for another day. But uh, it was right around my birthday, and they were very, very kind to uh, wish me a happy birthday, which if I ever got my hands on that video, because I know that somebody was recording the show, I would give anything for that. But I digress. Pulse04 definitely blew away happy birthday for 99% of the crowd not named Justin. <laughs> I believe that was um, Ash's first show with the band. Uh, I think that's I- right. And then the proud power would be a couple of days later, and that would be his second. Um, yeah, this song I have such a vivid memory of hearing this song live, and just having that, having them get the fans involved with the you know the O's and and you know left side, right side, like it was such a classic power metal staple, and they they brought that into their set. And this is um, another one of my favorite songs from the album. I, I had made a of like Voyager's greatest hits album for myself <laughs> um, after meaning of I came out. And um, I just remember this being on there and, and mostly just because of the, uh, that live performance. I, I don't think I've heard them play it live since then, but um, it, it, it's such a good tune. Like you said, like the, the black metal vocals are so like perfectly fit in a song that you wouldn't expect them to fit in. I mean, um, and, and then they just do, that like it quiets down at the end and you hear that bass fill and then it's just like fear fear of the sky like <laughs> i love that and, like, um danny's vocals like he's mentioned before they're so unique like he, he's just awesome and and such a going back to like them live like the, I, there's few bands i've ever seen that really look like they just are enjoying what they're doing like they're so they're so energetic they're so into it they're so happy to be there like it's a really infectious kind of performance and and that song is like i mean really kind of is the perfect uh descriptor of of that kind of performance uh just just fantastic i always i mean i was i think i was hung over the first time i saw them and and like uh, they got me on the i was on the floor just like losing my mind like I, they, I forgot all about my hangover thanks to them. Like that was at least I, for I an never, hour. Yeah, I, I will never forget that performance. That was like for me that that changed them from a band I liked to one of my favorite bands in the world, and they continue to be so. 
Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I guess it's a good point to, to bring it up. Their live performances are second to none. And for a while, and I don't think they're doing it as much anymore, but they used to do these, uh, they would do this section in the middle of their set where they would basically play a bunch of sections of different covers. But we're not talking about like, I don't know, just like a Metallica cover. This is like, you. they would go from Ray Parker's Ghostbusters theme into Van Halen's Jump into ACDC's Highway to Hell, into James Brown, I Got You, into Rage Against the Machines, Killing in the Name, uh, Killing in the Name, and somehow it flows seamlessly, which much like the rest of their stuff, it's like you throw enough stuff against the wall, but somehow they make it fit, and, and it's just incredible. And those, like, I guess, instrumentalies or whatever are just phenomenal. I, like some of, the, some of the highlights of those early, early Voyager shows. Yeah, without a doubt. One of my favorites was when they would um, throw in What is Love by Hathaway, which uh, people remember from the the Night at the Roxbury movie. Shout out to Mike wearing out his VHS tape watching that movie over and over again. But um, those were always so much fun. Um, I remember them uh, adding Toto's Africa to that um, the last time they played at Prague Power. And I think um, think Chris from Ailstorm came out and there was like a, a key, a guitar off, which was something to see. Um, so yeah, those were really super fun. Um, I, I don't believe they've stopped doing them. I just, I, they didn't do it on their, um, their, their, uh, live video concert that they released recently. And I'm going to talk about that, uh, towards the end of the episode. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's definitely a staple. I, I would go out of my way <clears throat> on YouTube to find just different versions of it, just to hear like the different songs that they would include, and um, definitely just kind of a fun thing to to kind of stick right in the middle of a of a of a set list. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I probably yeah, would have totally, forgot, totally forgotten to mention it. Um, the next track on the album, going back to Universe, is Falling, which is uh, to me, like I said, it's kind of their power ballad. Uh, and at this point, after a song like Pulse Zero Four, it's not only well-placed, but kind of needed. It's it's a beautiful song. I think the lyrics are great. And, and what's interesting is towards the end, it kind of rem- there's like this instrumental section, which not only reminds me of something that you'd hear from like Elvis Presley, but it also reminds me a lot of that Andre Matos project, Virgo, um, that he did in the mid-2000s with Sasha Paith. Um a really underrated disc, not a metal album by any means, but it just has this uh, like catchy, almost doo-woppy sound to it. And part of falling reminds me of that. I love this song and I feel like I'll never get to see it live. I'm resigned to that fact. Um, but this to me is the underrated gem on the album. Yeah. I, I, I this is another really great, like mellow ballady song. Uh, there's, there's like a, a P like a very quiet, piano solo um a little bit or i guess around the middle of the song and the style of the piano reminds me of windmill by halloween of all things i just it just totally reminded me of that just i don't know why it just does um but yeah this is a uh a really good tune and another kind of slower one to just like after two bangers in a row, they were just like, all right, let's uh, settle things down. I mean, the pacing on this album is really well done. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and the next track, what I need is another underrated song. What I love about this song is that every instrument really kind of shines at one point or another phenomenal drumming, phenomenal bass lines, 
kind of a mid-paced tune, but I, I, I just love how like everyone gets a chance to kind of, you know, play their solo and do their thing and it somehow fits. Um, another song that I, this one, I'll admit, I, I kind of forgot about this track, but then when I heard it, I'm like, oh yeah, this, you know, it's kind of buried in there at the end. Another good tune. Yeah. This one, I kind of, um, kind of put with ever waiting where I just kind of forgot that it was, had such a catchy chorus and, and kind of similar, uh, tempo. Um, just, yeah, just another like really, really catchy, um, upbeat kind of tune. Um, I, I enjoyed this one a lot. And, and again, I echo your comment that I kind of forgot about it too. Um, like, cause like I find a lot of times like the songs like Pulse 04 and Cross the Line and, and Sober and White Shadow, they kind of like, they overwhelm like, I guess the rest of the songs in the album, just because they're more bombastic. I guess we haven't used that word in a while. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, I, I think that like, there's, you know, like we, we say this a lot when, on, on this podcast though, that this is just stuff that we kind of, got to to revisit and because we were listening to it with a, a different kind of ear um you're actually paying a little bit more attention to some of the stuff in between all of the stuff that really got your attention initially and, and so this is another one of those songs but uh yeah good stuff well, well said uh next track one more time i actually don't have much to say about this track it's a decent song not my favorite um kind of just a precursor to uh what i have to think is going to be your your song of the week white shadow uh, yeah, I, I, I like this a lot. Another just kind of like more of a, an acoustic, slow paced, chill, uh, kind of tune. And again, I think this was the band's way of kind of slowing things down before they blow the roof off the, the place, so to speak with white shadow. And, and yes, it, it definitely is my song of the week because it's just, I mean, it might be the catchiest, most fun, uh, <laughs> song that Voyager's ever recorded in my opinion. funny i i love this song it's a great song i totally totally understand why it's your song of the week i never thought it belonged on this album i actually think it would fit better on the debut and you're gonna think i'm crazy but like it's kind of an outlier for me and i love the song but i just and, and i'm glad it's the the last track because it kind of is a pivot away from everything else i just thought it fit better on the on the debut album in terms of the way it's constructed i don't know why i think that but it's it's a bit of an outlier for me, even though I love this I love the song. Uh you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Um, well said. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it fits right in at the end here because honestly, there is no 
real like thematic flow <laughs> on this album anyway. That's true. Yeah. So um I, I think it's fine. I think and I I just love that they went with like the the he- like the I don't know if it's the heaviest um but it's just like I think it's just the most like f- you know fist pumping like I, I just love it. It just it starts out with this the drums are just like out of control and and I, I was so psyched when they busted this out. I think it was one of the last songs they played when they played um I think it was the longest set they ever played it was the last time they played at Prague Power. It was like uh two hours and five minutes, I think, it ended up being clocked in at and and I remember talking to the band afterwards and they were just like, We were having so much fun and we didn't want to stop and I was like, Well nobody wanted you to stop. Like, exactly. They were like we've exactly. never played us they said we've never played a set that long before and it was kind of cool that it got to happen at Prague power but i do remember this getting kind of squeezed in at the end and i was so happy and you'd think that you'd be drained after watching a, a whole evening i mean at this point voyager would have been the fourth band that night um two hours into their set or almost two hours into their set and i was jumping up and down like a lunatic um i, I just will always love the song it's just it's so good the the chorus is so like sing-along worthy um like just 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 fantastic the, all the solos are good the end of it just has this again like this fast drumming black metal vocals like with these these like haunting keys in the background for no reason at all <laughs> just tacked onto the end of the song it's just and like no reason at all yet fits perfectly like i mean how else can you describe this band i mean it was just it's just uh a cherry on a on a absolutely fantastic Sunday. Just just a, a start to finish. Just one of my one of my favorite albums by one of my favorite bands. Well, I can't say it any better than the cherry on top of the Sunday. So before we wrap this up and we give our rating uh, of the album, why don't you talk a little bit about the uh, retrospective show that they just had? Because I know you wanted to say a few words about that. Yeah, it was really cool. I'm not quite what I was expecting. And I mean that in a good way. Um, you know, a lot of bands during the pandemic would be releasing these kind of these live shows that you can pay per view and, um, it just be them in like an empty building playing some songs and just, just to give everybody a little sense of normalcy, I guess, during all this, this, uh, these hard times and, and Voyager um, did something similar, but being that it was the, um, uh, what was it? The 10th? No, God, no. 20th, 15th, something. It was the anniversary, some sort of anniversary. I guess it was the 20th uh, or 20th. Anniversary. Yeah. Um, 20th, 20 years. Yeah. So um, God, I can't believe they've been around for 20 years. Um, so it was kind of this um, celebration of their entire discography, which meant that there were songs played from Element 5. Uh, they played the 11th Meridian, which I was in my living room marking out over because it was just such a so cool to hear the current band play a song like that from their first album. Um, and I'm such a, a fan of those early songs and, and thinking that I'd never get to hear some of them live. That was a real treat. And uh, they did play White Shadow, which I was excited about. But then in the middle of this thing, there's just like sketches, like as if you were watching Saturday Night Live. And and if you've ever met these guys and and gal, 
they're all hilarious. They're all so funny. Um, they have a great sense of humor and each band member did their own sketch and, um, it was so funny and it was just kind of cool. Like just to kind of break things up a little bit with the music and have laughs. Cause I mean, it wouldn't be Voyager without having a few laughs. And so, um, the quality of the recording was phenomenal. Um, the, the, the audio sounded so crisp, so clean. It was mixed perfectly. Um, I think it's still available. I want to say that it's available through, through some point in October. I highly, highly recommend, uh, checking it out. Cause if you're not familiar with the band, it's a great way to get familiar with pretty much the entire run of, of their existence. Um, but, and if you are a fan and you haven't seen it, then what are you doing? Like get, get off your ass and go watch it. Yeah. It's, um, it's in my queue. I haven't had a chance to actually see it yet. It's been a crazy week and I am a fan. So it's something I will definitely take the time to watch. Uh, I'm just waiting for the right time, but yes, it, I believe it is still available for some time. So uh, you're not, if you haven't seen it, there's still a chance. And especially with uh, concerts not being uh, the easiest thing to get to these days, it's definitely a nice um, uh, trip down memory lane to to see this. And and like you said, some of the song selections were just phenomenal on this thing. Uh, I, I couldn't believe some of the songs that they chose to play. I mean, how do you just choose like two songs from every album? It's kind of difficult, but uh, they they made it work. Without a doubt. And I, I would recommend doing what I did and get a couple of beers and save it for like a Friday, Saturday night and just sit down on your couch, get comfortable and just, just sit back and enjoy the, enjoy the ride. Cause it's, it's just such a, it's just a blast. Like, and, and the, and like you said, the song selection is, is really awesome. So. So I have to ask you uh scale of one to 10, what are you giving universe? I feel like it, it it went up every day this week that I <laughs> I listened to it because like you know going back and listening to it again I was kind of like oh yeah there's like those other songs like higher existence and ever waiting and and what I need and then like by the end of the week I was like yeah those songs are awesome too um, this whole album is awesome so um, I, I would probably give it a a nine point two five um, it, it's I, I just love it a lot. Um, I kind of wish it was maybe a little bit longer. Like it, it leaves you wanting more, which I guess is, it can be a good thing, but um, it, it's, it's that, like I said, it's one of my favorite albums um, by one of my favorite bands. I, and I don't even know if it's my favorite Voyager album. I don't even know if that's something that I could actually choose, um, but it's up there. I'll say that. What it made me want to do, is go back like we did with Shadow Gallery and do a real deep dive into all of these albums because they are all so different. Um, so I feel like this is the perfect band for a career retrospective, hint, hint, at some point in the future. Um, obviously, we won't go through Universe again, but all the others. What's What I'll say about this, and the album, uh, just to put the score on paper, it's a nine for me. It's, a, it's, it's probably my favorite Voyager album. It's the kind of thing that you can just put on and start kind of humming and singing along to right away. Whereas some of the newer stuff, as great as the songs are, you don't quite get those hooks immediately. It takes a little bit more time to digest and to synthesize and to really spend some quality time with, which is great. It's just a different feel. And I'm partial to, you know, when I first heard these guys 15 years ago, um, 
I, I, I just love this disc. It's a nine for me. Uh, I'm not saying every track is perfect. It's not the best album I've ever heard, but it is a very good album and something that I'm happy that you selected so that we could kind of go back and I could listen to it a bunch this week. Yeah, I, I, I definitely echo your, your thoughts about, I mean, I, I think that they've become such a, a technically sound like band in the later years. And I, I find myself, um, like, going back and listening to, to, to V or five and, and ghost smile and colors in the sun, which is their most recent three albums. And I feel like every time I listen to those albums, I, I enjoy them a little more each time, but it, it takes more. I think it's for me, like it's more of a digestion for me. Um, whereas like you said, like these were like instant, like loves, I guess. And, and so, um, but I, I, I mean, I, I end up like getting their, their newer albums and I listen to it the first time and I'm just kind of like, Oh yeah, that was pretty good. And then I listen to it again and again and again. And then like the more I listen to it, the more I appreciate it. Like it's, it's definitely, I think proggier, like you mentioned. Um, but um, again, some of my favorite songs this band's ever done has come from their last three albums. And, and uh, so, yeah, I agree with you that like their entire discography is worth, um, looking looking back at and, and talking about and i'd probably find myself you know having new favorite songs from some of the later albums too that that i may not have given enough attention to um but um i mean i i, I there's just so, they have so many great songs like through their whole career um just a just a fantastic band and and an even better group of people i mean really just the the way that they interact with their fan base in in person and you know via the internet um you couldn't ask for a nicer bunch and i think that makes you be an even bigger fan of the band just because of how great they are to their to their fan base and and how accessible they are and and just i mean just a great just a great bunch of people um and uh, i'm hoping that we can speak to one of them um in a bonus episode. So we'll see what happens. Fingers crossed for that. Well said. I, I, I have nothing really else to add. I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, hope it was a fitting tribute and hopefully we get to do a deeper dive in the future. Um, I have an album picked out for next week. I'm looking forward to covering it. It's actually been one that I penciled in um, for the better part of a year because when I realized that this particular album was celebrating an anniversary, I've had it kind of circled for middle of September, end of September the entire time. But before we get there, a couple of news items that I think are kind of newsworthy. First, um, wait, tell me about the nude items first. Those sound we'll, way more we'll, interesting. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get there after we, uh, after we shut down the feed, but no kidding aside, uh, new Borknagar album. And by new, I mean old, they are re-releasing their debut album, which, uh, I'm definitely a fan of this band and I love the last two albums. Uh, especially, I have not heard the debut, so I look forward to this immensely. Um, they're a band that in recent years has kind of grown on me a lot. I just never checked out the debut, so no better time than the re-release of that. And also, uh, as far as concerts go, Metallica playing a small club show in San Francisco, a surprise with a really awesome set list. They opened with Whiplash, and I believe it was like the first time they didn't play Enter Sandman in like 15 years or 10 years or something like that, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, it's good to see little surprises like this kind of popping up here and there. Um, Lord knows I miss it. So it's it's, it's good to see that. And, uh, you know, a lot, lot of news happenings this week. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm looking at the set list now. I would have 
I would have marked out if I was there. That that's a pretty pretty sweet set list. Very cool. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah. So w- speaking of Metallica, um, kind of. Uh, <laughs> the, if you've ever heard of the band Beat Metallica, uh, <laughs> how's that I, for a transition that we didn't yeah, plan? There you go. Eat your heart out, Bruce Pritchard. Um, <laughs> go listen to this band. It is the wackiest thing. This mashup of the Beatles and Metallica. And it's, it's just talk about questioning what, how something, how, how are you going to make this work? They do. It's it. And it's catchy and it's, it's funny. The singer sounds just like James Hetfield. Um, they take lyrical and musical um, co- content from both bands and mash them up together for some really just interesting and, and catchy tunes. And uh, they have a new album coming out on November 12th called the Devolver album. Um, and they, uh, I think there's a single is set to, to premiere on October 1st. So I'm sure we'll post that when it comes out, but I'm looking forward to that. I don't think, I think it's been a while since they've released an album. And, and I do remember hearing that, um, that Metallica was um, totally endorsed them and they didn't see it as a, um, as like a parody as much as it is like kind of a, a tribute. So um, it was cool to hear that the band was aware of them and thought that it was well done and, and a pretty cool thing. So that is uh, something to look forward to. Um, there's a, a U.S. tour that I think Prague fans would be very excited to hear about uh, upcoming in the fall. Um, it's going to be Mastodon and Opeth together. Um, they are going to do what looks to be about a 15-show tour uh, throughout the U.S. Um, so if you're a fan of those two bands, I think, uh, and I think if you're a fan of one, you're probably a fan of the other, I, I would think. Um, that's that's a hell of a combo right there, hell of a, a, du- uh, what are you, a, a dual uh, headline. Um, and then, finally, uh, Halloween, the German power metal band, um, has teamed up with In- Incendium, and they are going to be releasing some action figures and a comic book. So, um, if you, if you've listened to Halloween over the years, you know that there's definitely some characters in their, in their <laughs> songs that are, uh, definitely, you know, action figure worthy, like the keeper and, uh, you know, not Dr. quite, Steen. yeah, Dr. Steen. I mean, not quite, um, you know, Mike in Ralph's basement, but I mean, you know, the keeper that with the stars for a face and stuff, um, I think they're also releasing an action figure of the witch from the cover of the better than raw album and one of the pumpkin head creatures. So kind of cool. Um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of, of kiss where it's like, if you can, if you can slap your name on it and sell it, you might as well. God bless. God bless. Um, that's the news for the week. Next week. We're going to do, as I said, an anniversary album. This is very much a transitional album for me. I think I've mentioned this in the past. Early to mid-90s, I was listening to a lot of Green Day, a lot of Pearl Jam, stuff like that. Um, and then I heard this band. and this I had I, been familiar with Guns N' Roses, and I had listened to Metallica and stuff like that. Um, and I was quite a big Metallica fan at the time. But when I heard this band, this was kind of my intro into Prague. And they are by far the most popular band I think that we've done, I think, uh, on this show. But it's I, I, uh, I, I think I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? Tool? Oh yeah, it's time. We're going to talk about Tool's Anima. The album came out in September of 1996, and um, 
It was a very, very influential album for me. It's a weird album, uh, as most Tool albums are, because there's some real quirky interlude tracks on this album. So uh, I'm really curious to see what you think of this band, because even though it's a band that I've loved forever, I don't know that you were ever a huge fan, or no, even if you know no, I'm, I'm I'm very unfamiliar. I'm familiar with the title track, but that's probably about it. Um but I do look forward to listening to Stink Fist and Hooker with a Penis. So <laughs> You'd be surprised. Those are two of the better songs on the album. But we'll, 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 we'll save that for next week. Uh, it, it's definitely time for some Tool. Uh, again, kind of a gateway drug for me. And part of the reason I'm as big of a Soen fan as I am now is definitely because of my love for this band. And I'll get into uh, the live experience and just some of the other things that uh, go into this band. So that's next week. Next week. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we appreciate all the feedback. We've gotten a lot of messages, which we obviously love. So keep them coming. Uh, we appreciate the interaction and, uh, you know, leave us a review or what have you. It helps other people find the podcast. So thank you very much for that. And, uh, I know you have something else to say. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say I got a message from, uh, from Knops the other day and he said that he really, really enjoyed the prog power episode. And he said that he thinks that we should do more like um more reminiscing kind of type episodes so um i, I did get, got, get a few people that reached out and and um i, I was glad that uh, we were able to do something a little bit different and and uh i thought it was nice for our 50th anniversary to uh to do something like that and then to get to speak to, to glenn thereafter um who is always uh a wonderful storyteller um and it's always a, it's always fun to to hear from him and, and hear some of the, that behind the scenes look. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, we sh- I imagine in the future we'll probably do something similar. I mean, we could probably do one for all the Prague powers we've been to or um, maybe other concerts or, or something. But um, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of cool. And I think more people listen to it than I thought well, yeah. than I expected to. So yeah, definitely, definitely a nice surprise. Um, I enjoyed doing it. I obviously kind words from Nops and you know others that we we heard from as well. So thank you, everybody. Um, we'll we'll do more of those in the future if if that's what people want to hear, and obviously get back to the core of the albums as well. So looking forward to it. I hope you enjoy the week, and I will talk to you soon. But I hope all is well. You as well. Take care. <laughs>